Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. This is what we hear Peter say to the community gathered in our second reading today. So why are you hopeful? And if you are not, would you be open to finding hope here today, today at this Mass? Are you searching for hope to find it on your own, or are you open to being led to hope? And when revealed, give reason that is rooted in faith. I have a great friend who I have grown up with in my career, and his story is one of tremendous challenge, family sufferings, abandonment. I've known him nearly half of my life, and still when I hear his story, I am so amazed in the hopefulness he has, the reverence and gentleness he has in spite of his hard life. My friend ended up in foster care when he was about eight years old and was moved from house to house for the next ten years when eventually he was able to move out of the foster care system and went to college on his own dime, no family to support him, no savings, no inheritance. After college, he found a wife whom he loved deeply, and they had two children who are now young adults and thriving. You know, people don't lead with information about their challenging childhood. He was no different. So after years of knowing him as the successful, happy, hope-filled person, I found out he had been in foster care years after we had been friends. It was when he told me of yet another brother or sister he had, and I remember asking him, how many brothers and sisters did you have? He told me dozens. Now it's Mother's Day, and I thought, there's no way a mother could have dozens of children. And that's when he explained to me his experience of his foster brothers and sisters. They had become much family to him as his own biological brothers and sisters. And it was beautiful. And today, in his age, he goes to attend their weddings and their funerals. He's godchildren to their kids. Well, recently, sadly, he went through a divorce after 24 years of marriage. One that he did not want to have happen, but found out his wife had been cheating on him, and ultimately she left him for another man. Once again, he suffered and did the best he could, but ultimately he succumbed to alcoholism as a means of escape. I worked with him through that challenging time, helping to remind him how far he had come from his childhood And how inspiring he was to me because he had survived that and was this person throughout my friendship with him of hope. He reached down deep and found faith again. And he freely admitted himself to a rehab program for alcoholism. And he has been sober and clean now for over three years. He found his hope again. And has moved himself out of despair with God's help and a community who cares about him. He's doing great. Now I say all this because he has plenty of excuses in his life to give up. And yet, 
He finds hope. And let me tell you, he can give reason for his hope. God is his strength, and he shares that now with others who struggle with similar stories and have similar histories, helping them to find hope once again. I hear Christ's words resonate in the gospel today from that lived experience of my friend's life. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Just a few weeks back on CBS, Jane Pauley was interviewing Michael J. Fox. Many of us know who Michael J. Fox is by his years of acting. Series like Family Ties and Spin City. Movies like Back to the Future, 1, 2, and 3, Teen Wolf. And he was the voice of Stuart Little in the movie, Stuart Little. My kids watched that incessantly. I remember growing up with them, or they, they growing up with me. In 1991, though, Michael J. Fox was diagnosed with Parkinson's, a debilitating disease of the nervous system that has a prognosis of 7 to 15 years of life expectancy once diagnosed. In the interview that I just watched, he's currently 61 years old, living more than twice the length of health care expectancy. Now I know he has sought treatments that are contrary to Catholic teaching, and I've struggled at times as I've heard him advocate for things such as embryonic stem cell research. His I'll do anything to find a cure mentality. It's easy for me to judge someone when I'm not in the condition. And so for much of his life after he fought these battles that would seem against the church, I kind of wrote him off. I kind of dismissed and said, okay, well, he's despairing. Maybe I'll say a prayer for him, but I'm just not going to listen to what he has to say. What I heard in that interview was a man who had found wisdom. And he found hope to share. And I was moved by that interview. He knows that he will die from this disease and likely before any cure is ever realized. But he spoke with hope and humility. Different from when he began, if you will, his fight to live. He spoke about how grateful he was for his wife of 35 years and of their four children. He has tremendous gratitude for the many friends and colleagues who have stayed with him, helping to lift him up when he would lose hope, much like I did with my friend. But this is what he said that really hit home for me as the interviewer asked him his reason for hope. And he said... With gratitude, optimism is sustainable. And he went on to say, if you can find something to be grateful for, then you can find something to look forward to. When he said that, Jane Pauley, I could see, was clearly taken aback. Because he wasn't reading something he had written down as a slogan. It came from his heart. If we can be thankful for something, then we have something to look forward to. Well, that's why we're here today. 
We come here today to celebrate Mass with a focus on the Eucharist, which literally translates to Thanksgiving. We have been given a hope in something that is truly transformative and something to look forward to each and every week. As you go through your struggles, you come here to regain strength to do the Lord's work the next week and the weeks beyond. And because of this, we should be grateful to God to receive Christ each and every time that we come here. I will not leave you orphans, Christ says. I will come to you. In two weeks, we celebrate Pentecost and the remembrance of the coming of the Holy Spirit to the disciples in the upper room. You recall when we began the Easter season, the disciples were huddled in the upper room, fearful for what was going to happen next. Pope Francis speaks on how to hope. And he says, Although the life of a person is in a land full of thorns and weeds, There is always a space in which the good seed can grow. You have to trust God, he says. He's pointing out that there, no matter how despairing our life may look, there is a place that God can plant a seed and we can regain our strength, we can regain our identity, and we can regain our hope. This sixth week of Easter, as we celebrate Mother's Day this weekend, To all those moms and mother figures whom we have have, and continue to depend on in our lives to support and encourage us. Let us be inspired by Mary, the mother of Jesus, this day. Mary, who but a few weeks ago were with those disciples in that upper room. It was Mary who was continuing to hold them together. To continue to remind them of her son's promise. And to continue to give them hope when they would otherwise despair. She holds them together as she holds our church together. May we be open to the Holy Spirit in our lives and use the gifts we have been given to be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks us for a reason for our hope. May we say with confidence, Jesus Christ. On this Mother's Day weekend, let us ask for the intercession of Mary, our mother, that we remain hopeful in her son's promise, I will not leave you orphaned, I will come to you.